0: Howdy, this is Dave Hill, and this is issue 45 of Dave Does the Comics. This is my monthly comic book review podcast recorded on November 11th, 2012. Happy Veterans Day. I am not a comic book industry insider, I am not a literature or art major. But I know what I like, and this is my podcast to unpretentiously tell you what that is. Well, this podcast, coming on the first weekend of the month, should have been last weekend, but things have been a wee bit busy here at the Consortium of Just Us, so we rolled forward to this weekend. One thing the monthly schedule is allowing is reading a lot more graphic novels and trade paperbacks, and this month we've got a whole slew of them in addition to a few monthly comics to talk about. So... Let's have at it. Starting with Marvel. Marvel's in transition, ending some long classic runs and starting up the Marvel Now stuff, which, as it is now seeming, is a chance for some new top-notch teams to take over some of the titles all at once with long-range plans for story and excellence and good stuff like that, as opposed to the rebooting disaster that's been DC's New 52. So a couple of finishers first, starting with one appropriate for Veterans Day, Captain America number 19 from Marvel, Ed Brubaker writing, Steve Epting on the art. Brubaker wraps up his seminal run on Cap, uh, a run which has really revitalized the title in so many ways, with a... Retelling of Cap's origins in some ways, as well as talking about those who followed him, using his title, and what the meaning, the mission of Captain America truly is. Recap issues of this sort are kind of hard to do, but Brubaker carries it off famously, aided by longtime collaborator Epting on the art to make for a satisfying conclusion of one of the best runs of Captain America ever, And opening the door to the next evolution coming down the line. We will see. I give this one four stars. I liked it a lot. Journey into Mystery, number 645 from Marvel. Kieran Gillen writing Stephanie Hans on the art. Everything burns, aftermath. Excuse me. Uh, Little Loki is faced at last with older Loki, or his spirit, that is, which has been hiding out in Lil' Loki's magpie, which everyone, including Lil' Loki, knew, but kind of uh, were hoping not to think about too much. And now, of course, is the time for the older Loki to explain his role in all the plots that have been going on, Lil' Loki's attempts at redemptive cleverness and how in so many places things went wrong. And now, of course, is the time for the older Loki to step back into the spotlight, erasing his young doppelganger and take his place back in the universe. That's what everyone's been expecting at the end of Gillen's run. Except, of course, his opponent is a Loki, too. Counting one of those out is rarely a long-range path forward to unmitigated success. A great issue to conclude an amazing story, and I can't wait to see what comes next. Five stars. Amazing. Uh, going into the... Um, graphic novel trade paperback collection world i'll do journey into mystery volume two uh the trade paperback Uh, Kieran Gillen writing, diverse hands on the art, Fear Itself Fallout. This collects Journey Into Mystery 626.1 and issues 627 through 631, including Loki learning a bunch of how he's disliked and distrusted, a marvelous Mephisto tale, and the spectacular Volstagg tells a story issue with lots of other goodness. Um, I keep harping on Journey Into Mystery a lot, I know, but it's because it's been so damned good. Now that the whole run is collected in trade paperback, or will be once the most recent Gillen issues are done, um, find out for yourself. Hint, advance hint, this will play a role in my holiday season gift special coming up next week. Uh, so I give this trade paperback 5 stars, I mean the whole run has been either 4s or 5s, this one has so much goodness to it, I give it 5. Uh, And on the Marvel Now side of things, uh, Red She-Hulk, number 58, from Marvel, Jeff Parker writing, Carlo Pagulian, and Wellington Alves on the art, Hell Hath No Fury. Um, I wasn't into the whole Rainbow Hulk thing when it started off, but I have to say I've enjoyed the introduction of the Red Hulks into the Marvel Universe, Uh, Red Hulk himself as General Thunderbolt Ross, and Red She-Hulk as his daughter Betty. In this new creative run on one of the rebranded Hulk titles, Betty's in a long-term war against the United States government's efforts to create metahuman soldiers, and it looks like it's a conflict that's going to make her as much of an outlaw as her old boyfriend Bruce Banner was. Good fun, nicely entertaining, decent art, and some fine smashing. Three stars. I liked it. Uncanny Avengers number one from Marvel, Rick Remender writing John Cassidy on the art New Union, wherein we see the burial of Charles Xavier the rise of both a new Avengers X-Men melding, and a new villain, or rather an old villain who's never been a key opponent for either group. The Red Skull is always tricky to write without going over the top, and Remender doesn't even try here, though he certainly comes up with an appropriately horrific plot to start off with. Cassidy's art is pretty as always, though stiff in a few places, a decent start, not as engaging as I'd hoped, uh, but I look forward to seeing what comes next. Uh, three stars. I liked it. And over to DC. We have DC Universe Presents Black Lightning and Blue Devil. Number 13. Uh, Mark and Draco on the writing. Robson Roca on the pencils. The Devil Made Me Do It. Okay. If you're going to completely reboot characters, if you must, this is a decent job of it. Both characters are true to their roots in the old DC universe, but are, if you needed to, refreshed and updated in an entertaining fashion. Uh, If you have an interest in either of these characters, this reboot will not have you pulling your hair out, which is about as much as you can say these days about the new 52. Uh, Three stars. I liked it. Phantom Stranger number one from DC, Dan Dio writing, Brent Anderson on pencils, When You're a Stranger. So now we know from issue zero that in the new 52, the Phantom Stranger was... Judas Iscariot, and that he's been walking around a wandering Jew for the last 2,000 years, his 30 pieces of silver making up that funky necklace of his. But now, the voice has activated him, and he gets to earn his redemption, one coin at a time, by betraying people for the greater good of the universe. In this issue, he gets to do it to the New 52's version of Raven. Oh boy, Twilight, Zony, Twists are Us. I can see this getting old really fast. Two stars, it was... Okay. On the other hand, uh, Brent Anderson work that is not by any means just okay, Astro City Shining Stars Collection from DC, Kurt Busiek writing Brent Anderson on the art, a collection of four story arcs um, that was published in the last year or two. Um, Samaritan meets with his greatest enemy, Beauty learns about her origin, or we do at least, Astra deals with paparazzi and her future, and the Silver Agent faces his destiny. They're all great stories, and stories first, not comic book adventures. Uh, Busick and Anderson have done more to demonstrate that great Silver and Bronze Age-style comic book adventures can do solid storytelling, even today as both the big two move further away from those origins. Uh, Terrific stuff, a great addition to the Astro City Collection, four stars. From Image, The Manhattan Projects, Volume 1, Trade Paperback, from Image, Uh, Jonathan Hickman writing, Nick Pitara on the art. I've been meaning to try this title for a while. It's about an alternative universe where the great World War II era geniuses Oppenheimer, Einstein, Fermi, Feynman, uh, von Braun, etc. did more than just help invent some piddling atomic weapons and rockets, but opened dimensions and unleashed horrors and dealt with alien invasions and, in many cases, went quietly or not so quietly mad. Um, It's a disturbing tale, not helped by Pitara's idiosyncratic art. You can never tell what sort of surreality is going to pop up in the next panel. I think I like it enough to get the next volume when it comes out, but more for its genius than for its entertainment value, if that makes sense. So, three stars. I like it. Saga, Volume 1 trade paperback from Image, Brian Vaughn writing, Fiona Staples art. This is another one I've been going on at length about this past year, and reading it all in a single collection reminds me why. It's got a, an imaginative science fiction vibe that reminds me of Joe Haldeman channeling Tolkien and Shakespeare while rewriting The Forever War on acid. Uh, Warring factions of magic and technology, sort of, in a very strange universe, focused primarily, though not solely, on a couple that find love and marriage and a baby. Epic stuff, as well as being highly personal, lovingly written and rendered, definitely rated M for Mature. I'm giving this collection five stars. It were amazing. From other publishers... The Sixth Gun, Volume 1, trade paperback, Cold Dead Fingers, from Oni Press, Cullen Bunn writing, Brian Hurt on the art, Uh, this is a series that has gotten a lot of press, there's actually several volumes, collections out, this was the first one, which I finally got around to reading, a weird, weird West tale, with primordial weapons reincarnated as six guns, giving their bearers darksome powers, and now the mad Civil War general who was betrayed and defeated is out to get his gun back, to unleash something even more awful. And all that stands in his way is an innocent girl and a gunslinger of unknown motivation. It's a rollicking tale, even if it gets a bit muddy to follow at times. The art is serviceable and dynamic, if not spectacular. I'll be putting the next volume on my Christmas wish list. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Monkey Man and O'Brien from Dark Horse. Arthur Adams on the writing and the art. This is a blast from the past. A 1997 collection of Adams's Pulp Adventure Tales sadly never continued by him. I've always been a fan of Adams's art and these tales of a scientist's daughter and an interdimensional genius who happens to look like a gorilla up against enemies that would be perfect matches for the monster comics of the 50s which is the sort of thing that Adams loves. Um it's just fun stuff and always worth a reread which is why I pulled the volume off of my shelf and reread it. 4 stars. I like it a lot. See if you can go out and find it. How to Tell if Your Cat is Plotting to Kill You, from Andrews McNeil Publishers, Matthew Inman, Writing and Art. This is a series of strips from Inman's webcomic, The Oatmeal, joined up with original material, mostly focused on cats. Inman can be dark, putty-mouthed, and rude, but he can also be laugh-out-loud genius, often at the same time. Those who like this sort of thing, etc., four stars, I liked it a lot. Cold War, The Damocles Contract, from IDW, John Byrne writing an art. Uh, Byrne's attempts to do a James Bond riff, in this case with spy-turned-freelancer Michael Swan. Uh, It's full of gunplay and Soviet agents and sex and violence and a a bit of period misogyny. Uh, It's good stuff, if pretty fast read. Um, Byrne's art is slick and well-crafted as ever, and his storytelling is decently action-packed. Those who like this sort of thing, again, will find it the sort of thing li- they like. Um, three stars. I liked it. Now for a few quick um, bullet comments without a specific comic review. One, it's kind of sad that my one of my favorite DC Comics, Batman Beyond Unlimited, now on issue 9, is non-canonical and based on a cartoon that's been off the air for a number of years. Uh, still, these future Batman, Superman, and Justice League tales are good adventure, kid-friendly, albeit a bit dark, and worth reading. Two, Catwoman turned off a lot of people with its initial couple of new 52 issues, but Judd Winnick actually turned off the stupid skanky sex after that, and Ann Ocenti, uh now on the title, is doing a nice job of it, as issue 13 shows. Nothing spectacular, but decent reading entertainment, worth going back to give another try. Uh, issue, th- uh, excuse me, number three, Brian Bendis is wrapping up all of his Avengers gigs, moving over to the X-World. Um, seemingly by rolling back a lot of stuff he went to so much effort to set up over the last decade, including the Wasp's disappearance, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones getting involved in the Avengers, etc. I don't know how it's all going to end in the next issue or two of the different titles, but that's still a little bit disappointing, return to status quo, kind of, unless it was to keep them from being resolved or reversed by the new regime coming in instead, so... Uh, four. The first issue of Iron Man under the Marvel Now um, banner is decent stuff. I'm really not liking the black and gold armor with red glowy highlights. Of course, I've never quite figured out why Iron Man has looked like a bloody glow-in-the-dark Christmas tree for the past decade or so. 5. Marvel's new A-plus-X titles, the same kind of fun battle romp that its AVX title was, and I'm okay with that, as long as I don't consider I'm paying $4 for the privilege. And 6. So Cyclops is now working with Magneto and Magic as mutant revolutionaries slash terrorists. Really? Okay, finally, on to some named reviews. Best all-ages comic I read over this last month. Avatar, The Last Airbender, The Promise, Part 3, from Dark Horse. Gene Luen Yang on the writing, and Hiru on the art. Conclusion of a great post-Avatar cartoon story, what do you do when the decades-long War of Conquest by the Fire Nation is over, but you have long-time Fire Nation settlements on Earth Kingdom land, especially when the Fire Nation people don't want to leave and the Earth Kingdom population wants its land back and both sides are ready to go back to war over the matter. And when Zuko makes Aang promise to stop him permanently if he ever starts behaving like his father did, will Aang have the courage to fulfill his promise? It's by no means just a kid's story, but it's perfectly readable by anyone who was a fan of the original Last Airbender cartoon. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Best collection I read. Avengers The Children's Crusade from Marvel. Alan Heinberg writing Jim Cheung, Alan Davis, and Olivier Coipel uh, on the art. This collects the took way longer than nine months, nine-issue miniseries, and accompanying a couple of issues from other titles, focusing on the Young Avengers and two of their members, Wiccan and Speed, who want to confirm if they are really the lost children of the Scarlet Witch and the Vision. But the Scarlet Witch is missing, and given her role in the No More Mutants genocide of kind, some of the people who are looking for her as well may have another agenda than just a nice family reunion. The Avengers, the X-Men, Magneto and Dr. Doom. Uh, a great, intricately, delightfully crafted story, beautiful artwork, helped by the oversized format, something I usually detest, and alas, all rendered about 85 to 90% obsolete by the whole Avengers vs. X-Men dust-up this past year and change. Bleh. Um, but this book, good stuff. Uh, Worth reading, in fact. Uh, it's so beautiful and, and hits so many right- notes in it. Uh, I'm gonna give this one five stars. I thought it was amazing. Best comic cover. I give this one over the last month to Secret Avengers number 32 from Marvel. Uh, Rick Men- Remender writing Matteo Scalera on the art to hold back a black hole. Okay, the story here is somewhat entertaining. Villains and heroes possessed by the abyss. Motley group of covert heroes out to stop them. Ho-hum, three stars for that. But I love this cover by Arthur Adams, which deals with the question of How do you show two non-super opponents confronting each other on the wing of a falling jet airplane? Uh, On one level, Adam solves it completely with a cheat. On another, it does its job perfectly in both the micro and the macro. So I give the cover four stars. Um, I liked it a lot. Finally, the best comic I read over this last month, 47 Ronin. Number one of five from Dark Horse, Mike Richardson writing Stan Sakai on the art. This is a retelling of the famous Japanese tale of the loyal retainers. Uh, They're clearly taking enough length to tell this seminal story of Japan's Bushido culture uh, at at decent length, uh, with Sakai demonstrating, as we already knew, that he can do more than draw rabbit ronin and cat ninjas. Um, Fantastic stuff. It's just starting off, uh, and I'm willing to buy the individual issues and pick up the collection when it finally comes out. Five stars. I thought it was amazing. So, a summary of the best of the best uh, over this last month. Uh, Four stars, I liked them a lot. Captain America number 19, Astro City Shining Stars Collection, The Sixth Gun Volume 1, Monkey Man and O'Brien Collection, How to Tell if Your Cat is Plotting to Kill You, and Avatar The Last Airbender The Promise Part 3. Five stars, a huge flurry of five stars this month. Journey into Mystery number 645, Journey into Mystery volume 2, Saga volume 1, Avengers, the Children's Crusade collection, and 47 Ronin number one of five. And that, as they say, is that. Uh, next time, beginning of December, will be my gift issue a few reviews and some suggestions for the best of the best you might want to give to friends, loved ones, etc. Thank you so much for listening to this monthly Dave Does the Comics podcast. On my homepage, which you can find through the wonders of Google, you can see all the lovely covers for these lovely comic books and leave comments on the podcast. I can be reached there or tweeted at 3 underscore star underscore Dave. I welcome your feedback, especially your suggestions for books I should try. I hope you've enjoyed this 20 minutes out of your life. Thanks once again, and as Stanley is so fond of saying... Face front, true believer!